What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Steady meatballs spaghetti. Welcome to episode 287 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Bobby Bonilla episode? Bobby Bonilla? You remember him? I feel like we've uh, had this discussion before. Well, there's... Or we've a, had a discussion about Bobby. We have. And let me uh, recount for you. First of all, he had 287 career home runs. That's why I bring him up today. He played for eight major league teams, including the New York Mets, who really wanted Bobby Bonilla on their team but couldn't afford him. So the Mets came up with a deal for Bobby that his annual salary wouldn't be that much. However, he would get it for a long time. Oh, that's right. So every year on July 1st, Bobby Bonilla gets a check for $1.2 million despite the fact that he hasn't played a game in Major League Baseball since 2001. <laughs> He'll still get paid until 2035 Wow! by the New York Mets. That was the deal. So every July 1st, we celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day <laughs> here in the United States by saying we wish we could be paid for not working. What's the, uh, what's the math on the payout? 30 million, 35 million? It, at least, yeah. Wow. We'll give you a million dollars a year. Go away. Don't play. Mm-hmm. Nice. Until 2035. <laughs> and that's when he's going to come out of retirement. He won't need to. <laughs> Shouldn't need to. I want to play. Winning is fun. Fun is winning. He was born in 1963. He'll get his last payment when he's 72 years old. Oh, good for Bobby Bonilla. Exactly. Or, I'm sorry, the agent who had to have worked that out. Well, one would think that he's still getting paid, too. But, yes, episode 287 in honor of Bobby Bonilla's 287 big league home runs. How much does this Notre Dame basketball season make you scratch your head? Ooh. You know, a year ago today, we had Tom Noy on, and we should have probably dialed him up today because this season, woof, here's what you should know about your Fighting Irish basketball team. This will be a rare team that has beaten both Kentucky and Duke on the road. Now, we all understand this year that Duke is below 500 for the first time, I believe, in the 21st century. And Kentucky is awful. Notre Dame is only 8-10. and 10, But yesterday, they fell behind by 15 points at Cameron Indoor Stadium. 
Duke came out shooting 8 out of 11 from the field, 4-4 from three-point range. They build a 23-8 lead on Mike Brace fighting Irish, who then decide to get the ball to Cormac Ryan, and he goes off. (laughs) Ryan, remember, he was the kid that didn't get the shot up in time against Georgia Tech, passed on a three-pointer and instead passed the ball to Prentice Hub, who couldn't get the shot off. So Ryan was just absorbing that ever since Saturday night and came out motivated and on fire, and he scores a career-high 28. Prentice Hub plays one of the best games he's played in a Notre Dame uniform, and the Irish beat Duke at Duke 93-89. to That said, Notre Dame still just 8-10. and I tweeted a or retweeted a photo on the Sports Yak Twitter account. I absolutely love this photo from the game yesterday. Nate Lashesky dunking on a Duke player. And, but it's like, is it posed? I mean, it's almost like, gentlemen, we're looking for the true basketball spirit for this photo. One man on the bottom half, another man looking down upon him. Yeah, the Duke player looks as though he's in fear. <laughs> And Nate Lashevsky looks like he is just wanting to jam that Spalding right through his skull. Uh, Twitter, Sports Yak with two Ks. So what's next for the Fighting Irish? Well, they come home and they have Miami on Sunday night. Miami's not having a very good year. There, There is a case that can be made that the Irish could somehow get on a run and salvage the season and maybe even get to the NCAA tournament. I'm not the one making that case because they're 8-10. and 10. You're reporting on the case. But nevertheless, that's the thought pattern that Mike Bray and his team have to have right now is, hey, look, we can get hot in these last six or seven games and still make something of this season. And I already see John Rothstein, who is a reporter that covers college basketball for Yahoo News yesterday, tweeted out, boy, Notre Dame should be really good next year. Well, nobody wants to talk about that right now. They just want to focus on this year Mm -hmm. and the fact that the Irish have let some get away from them and 8-10. and And again, how many of those games down the stretch are going to be against teams with a ranking in front of their name? Because we all know if they're playing somebody with a number in front of their name, they ain't winning. Michigan State holds off Penn State last night. You talk about another team that's been on the struggle bus this year, Tom Izzo's squad. And Penn State's not bad. Uh, this isn't like Penn State was 10 years ago. They're, they're a pretty decent team. But Michigan State wins 60-58. to Good game from Aaron Henry last night. He had 20 points. Again, I don't see Sparty making this big run to get in the NCAA tournament. But you never know when a team's going to get hot. And this season has been so unpredictable and unlike any other. The only thing that you can really count on this season is Baylor and Gonzaga are going to win. After that, it's a 10-point toss-up question. My buddy Rich uh, and I were texting yesterday. The Big Ten, I don't think there's any question this year they are the best conference in basketball. I think the Big 12 is possibly close behind it. But you, you look at the Big Ten right now, they would have two of the top four seeds if the NCAA tournament were held today. I think Michigan and Ohio State 
are both number one seeds to go with Baylor and Gonzaga. And then after that, it kind of filters down. I think there's going to be a lot of mid-majors in the NCAA tournament this year. We talk about Gonzaga. They're not in a conference that gets a lot of publicity. I, I've i seen Loyola play. I've seen Toledo play. Those are both really good teams that should get some attention. And Loyola, of course, making the Final Four a couple of years ago. So it may be one of those years where the Blue Bloods are not the ones who really make the NCAA tournament go this year. It could be anybody's game. There was a stat the other day, Corey. You take the top 12 teams in terms of basketball history, most wins in college basketball history, none of them are currently ranked in the top 25. Interesting. Now, Indiana, one of those teams, and IU has a chance to bolster its case tonight. They go on the road, and they play Northwestern. Yes, it's the same Indiana team that beat Iowa on Sunday. It's the same Indiana team that lost at home to Rutgers. What to expect from Archie Miller's team? Nobody knows for sure. That's why it'll be so interesting to listen to Don Fisher this afternoon on Pulse FM 103.1 FM with tip-off at 5.30. Let's get into some high school action. You were scouting a game last night. I was. I was over at Marion because we have number four Marion against number eight St. Joe on Friday night, and I had not had a chance to see the Knights play in person last night. Boy, do they get after you on defense. They are a really good defensive team, Corey. They have such length and such quickness. New Prairie's not a bad offensive team, but they every shot New Prairie took, you could tell they were taking it like, ah! like let me get this ball out of my hands so it doesn't get blocked or tipped or something like that. Well, you can't shoot well that way. And they didn't. And Marion wins it by a count of 54 to 35. Marion has held all but one of its opponents below 60 points this year. So they've been terrific defensively. And they will take on a St. Joe team that comes in having hammered Concord last night, 64 to 40. J.R. Kinesny. Scored 37 points. He is now the all-time leading scorer at St. Joe High School, passing the great Chris Quinn, who went on to play at Evansville. Uh, JR now at 1,719 points in his career. If he stays hot, if St. Joe gets on a tournament run, he's got an outside shot of getting the county scoring record uh, and passing Demise Anderson for that. So, We'll see what happens there. But that should be a fascinating game. We'll talk more about it on Friday Sports Jack with Marion and St. Joe. South Bend John Adams now has a share of the Northern Indiana Conference title wrapped up. The Eagles won their 22nd consecutive NIC game last night. They went over and beat Penn 73-60, cracking that game open in the third quarter, Penn was within a bucket at halftime. But the Eagles, they just play such good defense, and they make a lot of offense happen with their defense. Braden Saxton had 21 points last night to lead the way. Four or five guys in double figures, which is pretty typical for Chad Johnston's team. This is one of the better teams that we've seen come through South Bend, 
and we will see them in a couple of weeks when they take on Riley in the game of the week. Now, we thought the Adams-Riley game might have larger NIC ramifications, but Riley lost at home last night to John Glenn, 65-64. Bryson Hanna, the coach's son, had 20 to lead Glenn, but Glenn got some big plays from Silas Kayser and Carter Young in the fourth quarter, and they go on to pull off the upset of Riley, and Boy, Riley's kind of been a, a different-looking team here lately. I'm not saying it's bad. They're getting more balance offensively. But there are times where you need Blake Wesley to kind of take over in a game. And I'm not sure that's been happening lately. We'll see if the loss kind of shakes things up a little bit and, and changes things around. I still think the Adams-Riley game will be a... A fun watch for folks. Boy, the ball's going to go up and down the court in that game. I can tell you that much. So, big night in the NIC last night. I don't want to overlook. Bremen beat Jimtown 65-64 yesterday. Carson Miller of Bremen, 40 points. 16 of 19 shooting and 8 of 9, or excuse me, 6 of 7 at the line. And uh, what a remarkable performance by that young man who is another coach's son. He is a junior at Bremen and lifted the Lions to a a much-needed win last night with an incredible 40-point performance. Take us up to St. Joe, Michigan. What do you got? They're finally playing basketball up in Michigan. So good to see. Monday night, they tipped off the season. We saw Barry and Springs get an easy win over Lawrence and Paw Paw beat Waterville, but last night was really the first big night of the season. St. Joe opened up against Buchanan, and the Bears get a win, 56-53. Hard-earned victory. Benton Harbor went on the road. They won at Fenville, 66-56. I know Corey Stringer's been waiting for that team to be able to finally tip off, so he was very excited to go out and play last night. Brandywine looked sharp against River Valley. Uh, they won easily on both the boys and girls side. Don't forget Brandywine's girls program, one of the more dominant teams in Southwest Michigan. Speaking of girls basketball in Southwest Michigan, want to offer up congratulations to Ron Briney. He has been the coach at Michigan Lutheran for a long time. He finally passed Rick Bloodworth last night on the Southwest Michigan career girls basketball win list. And Ron Briney's Michigan Lutheran team handled Lawrence last night by a count of 51-12. to 12. But I'm just so happy for those people in southwest Michigan. I, I'm sure if we called up our buddy Phil McDonald, he would be absolutely joyful today about the fact that he finally got to call a basketball game last night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we are. Last night was, what, February 9th, and the season starting in the state of Michigan. Uh, it's... It's kind of unbelievable. They're playing with masks on up there. Oh, boy. That's one of the rules is you have to play with a mask on. Shorter season two, I believe. Six weeks. Six weeks sprint. So a lot of teams are trying to squeeze in three games a week so that they can have a, a nice little 18-game season. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I want these kids to be able to play. So God bless them. I, I hope they can do that. The big question up in Michigan will be, you know, getting enough officials for games. Mm. And I know some of the guys here in South Bend who work, uh, my buddy Jimmy Arnett went up and worked a game in Michigan uh, Monday night. He joked, 
Uh, Michigan needs bad officials too, so I'll go up there. But <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it, it puts such stress on the officials because, I mean, honestly, if you were a referee, you could be working a game basically Monday through Saturday mm. as much as you wanted right now in Michigan because they had about 25% of the officials opt out for the season because of COVID. Mm. Are they wearing uh, referee masks like their shirts? Uh, I have not seen any striped <laughs> masks for the referees, but I have seen referees wearing masks, okay. yes. We watched a little NBA last night, the man household. Um, what you watch? Uh, Pelicans and the Rockets. Oh, that's right. Big Zion fan. A big Zion fan in the household. The 14-year-old loves him some Zion, who got to sit down early with two quick fouls. Um looked like a sloppy game to me. I, I stuck around first two quarters. It was sloppy. Well, the NBA game that got my attention last night was the Pistons beating Brooklyn 122-111. Jeremy Grant, you may remember his brother Jaron who played at Notre Dame. Well, Jeremy Grant scored a career-high 32 in that game. Obviously, the Pistons playing without Kevin Durant right now, who is out uh, with uh, contact tracing. And so, right now, Brooklyn struggling a little bit without Durant, who makes their offense highly efficient. And you know what? The Pistons, their record is not great, but boy, they've played well against the good teams. They had beaten the Lakers in Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, or excuse me, Super Bowl Saturday, they took the Lakers to double overtime in L.A., and then they turned around and Hammer Brooklyn last night, 122-111. So maybe something's starting to click up there in Motown. It would be nice to see the Pistons kind of come back and represent like they did back in the 90s and even the aughts. We'll have to uh, keep an eye on that as the season progresses. You know who is representing right now is on the hockey rink, the Blackhawks. They have been playing really good hockey. Their defense has definitely tightened up, held Dallas to one goal again last night, winning 2-1 in overtime. Pius Suter scoring the game winner. I think he got another assist from Patrick Kane. That's been a, a lethal combination for the Blackhawks lately. And the Hawks are well above the 500 mark now and making some noise there in that division. So good for Chicago. Good to see that. Uh, also last night, Florida beats the Red Wings by a count of 2-1. to one. Here's what I can tell you about Red Wings hockey. It's not good. It's <laughs> Can you be more specific? It's it's not good. So, and the Blackhawks have the opportunity to play the Red Wings a few more times this year. So, that should help the Blackhawks cause as well. I'm I'm starting to get the vibe, Corey, that the Blackhawks just might be a playoff team. Just might be. And I certainly didn't think that early in the year. Okay. Football news, kind of a sad note from the NFL. Marty Schottenheimer passes away at the age of 70. 70 won 200 games with uh, four different NFL teams, the Browns, the Chiefs. I believe he coached the Chargers. I'm trying to remember who the fourth is. But uh, Marty Schottenheimer was a fixture in the NFL throughout the 80s and the 90s and the aughts. Had some really good teams. Uh, won 12 games two or three times. Won Won 14 with the Chargers in the regular season one year, but just was never able to to get to a Super Bowl. 
He was always one of those coaches who was really good in the regular season, but they they would play a smash-mouth style of football, and sometimes if they fell behind, just wasn't able to make the comeback. So a uh, terrific NFL coach who dies at the age of 77. Also, college football note, Notre Dame and Florida have decided to play a series, a home-and-home home, that starts in 2031. 2031 and 2032, that's how far down the road they look at schedules these days. I'll be 61. Well, uh, you know, I will be... Um, will will you be still be... I hope s- I'm still working. Will you still be doing it by then? I, I hope I'm still working. Okay. Yeah. I I would like to work... <laughs> I should probably talk this over with my wife before I <laughs> announce it on Sports Chat. <laughs> but I would like to work until I'm about 70. 287. Yeah. Our engineer talked to me one day about that and his sole thing was i get more money if i work until i'm 70 right if i opt out at the usual age you don't you know and he got into the math and i was like okay yeah when you look at those social security indicators and yeah how much more you would get per month if you work till 70 um i'm in for that if the company's in i don't want to work though if i don't have my fastball anymore i so, agree so hopefully i'll i'll keep that and and some people might have said oh you've lost it already um and that's all right nascar it's a big week for nascar Corey, because it's the first week of the season and nascar kind of does things the opposite of every other sport you know in football you build your way throughout the regular season to the super bowl baseball you build your way to the world series nba nhl you build your way to the finals nascar boom out of the shoot here's the daytona 500 the the marquee event of the sport <laughs> is the first thing right away. So all the drivers are at Daytona this week, and they had the Bush Clash last night. Normally they have that on the Sunday before the Daytona 500. But what was going on on the Sunday before the Daytona 500? This Super year, Bowl. Corey, the Super Bowl. And NASCAR did not want to compete with the no. Super Bowl. I don't blame them. So they had the Bush Clash last night. When they call it the Bush Clash, that's because it's sponsored by Anheuser-Busch. However, there was a Bush who won the Bush Clash last night. That was Kyle Bush, who managed to slide uh, through a wreck and win on the final lap to kick off Speed Week at Daytona. Of course, locally, we'll be keeping an eye on Ryan Newman, the pride of LaSalle High School, and what it will mean for him to make the return to Daytona this year after what happened last year. And in case you've forgotten, uh, I'm sure you can go online and see that horrific crash that he was in last year that sent his car flying upside down. And for a couple of days, we wondered if Ryan Newman was even going to live. Well, not only did he live, he walked out of the hospital under his own power. And said yes. And got yes, back into the car. Yeah. That's good stuff. And finally, it's Australian Open Week, or the fortnight of the Australian Open, uh, the tennis tournament, and Serena Williams with a second-round victory last night, although her sister Venus, who has been struggling with ankle and leg injuries, uh, lost last night in the second round. The amazing thing about the Williams sisters is they're still playing. Yeah. And Serena plays very, very well. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Always something to keep an eye on. And, of course, with COVID and everything that's been going on, some tennis players saying we're not going to play, others saying, sure, why not? 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that tournament evolves. Don't forget there's an American by the name of Ashley Barty who is the top seed in women's tennis right now, and she continues to move on as well. So we'll see if she and Serena wind up on a collision course down under. Two weeks ago, I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, and I stood where the announcer stood this morning to let us know the class, the inductees of 2021. Went to the website before this podcast began to put in our votes, and fans have crashed the voting site. No. But I have the list of possible inductees. You're allowed to choose five. I will give you the list. You're allowed to choose five. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, <laughs> Carol King, Fella Cootie, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, Dionne Warwick. Ooh. Your five. Okay. Foo Fighters. I, I'm i a little surprised they're not already in, but Foo Fighters, number one. Uh, Tina Turner, number two. I think you have to put Jay-Z in. Um, just tremendous contributions over the years. Number three. Um go back to a couple of them after after Foo Fighters who's uh Foo Fighters Go Go's yes Go Go's 4 Iron Maiden mm, no Shaka Khan no Carol King Carol King I I mean look I'm not I don't think she's rock and roll per se mm-hmm. she's more I don't know top the type. influence of her but, songwriting but is a force no, to be reckoned There's with. no question of her influence on the music industry. Yeah. The only question would be if she's rock and roll or not. Mm-hmm. But those would be my five. What about you? Foo Fighters, definitely. 25 okay. plus years. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put Iron Maiden in there. I thought about it. it. It's not my style of music, but I can understand mm-hmm. why you, you would say that. I would put Tina Turner in there, definitely. Yes. I'm, I'm actually surprised she wasn't in there sooner. Exactly. That's three for me. Boy, I I feel like LL has been around longer than Jay-Z. He has. And but just was the, his impact as big as Jay-Z's? If you're using impact as a parameter to get into the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, how do you evaluate who you put in the Hall of Fame? Uh, body of work and length of time is definitely something for me when was the last time ll had a well i bet you sooner than you thought because you don't listen to him on a regular basis i got you i bet you he's more of a singles type of guy now where he just sends out a song or two acting career has done very well acting and hosting he knows what he's doing um rage against the machine i think is too early yes and they don't even play together anymore todd rundgren i thought about him influential but yeah uh, Carol King in yours? Yes. I think the songwriting and the, I think that, that first album I'm thinking of is such a juggernaut. Tapestry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is such a 
influential, uh, the domino effect of music in general. Yeah, those are my five. Foo, Iron Maiden, LL. So you basically replaced Go-Go's with Iron Maiden and Jay-Z with LL. Yeah, and Tina Turner. I, I yeah. don't but, really uh, have a problem with your list. I found that fascinating that they crashed the website. Get your votes in! Now, uh, we had a request. The intern, actually... Uh, made a request for overrated, underrated. All right. The James Bond era, he wants us to break down the James Bonds. Overrated, underrated. Let's start with Sean Connery. I think because it's 2021 and my son probably doesn't quite get who he is, I would say underrated. I would say he was the best there was. I would agree. Of James Bond. I think he was the best there was. And not only as James Bond, but then what he was able to do with his career mm. afterwards. There are very few bad Sean Connery movies. Are we are we allowed to go outside of the Bond franchise with these people? Or is that what you're getting at? Well, I think I think you can do it both. Okay. I, can, I think you can do it within Bond and outside of Bond. I love me some Hunt for Red October. Yes. I love me some Untouchables. And there was another one. That, oh, uh, uh, Finding Finding, Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. Oh, what a great movie. Yeah. So I, w- I would say he's underrated. I would agree. Daniel Craig is my personal second favorite Bond. I freaking love me some Daniel Craig. Well, and see, that's the that's the bond that TJ has experienced the most. So he is a big Daniel Craig fan as well. Good. Uh, I Roger, put him right down. Roger Moore. <laughs> now that is honestly my James Bond that I grew up with. The Sean Connery I had to go back and watch. Right. I'm an '80s kid, so Moonraker, mm-hmm. which I saw in the theater with my dad. The Spy who loved me. Spy who loved me. Other movies. Uh, Goldfinger? Is that he, Connery or Bond? Or Moore? I think that's Connery. Okay. I thought he was horrible. You thought Roger Moore was horrible? Yeah. I Well, when you look at it now, when you watch it now, I feel like the Sean Connery performances hold up. Roger Moore is super cheesy. But I think that's that's part of the atmosphere that they were trying to create then, too. All right. I, think I like they, me I the think real were, life Daniel Craig vibe. I think they were trying to make Bond a little more campy in the late sixties and the seventies. Yeah. Kind of like the Batman TV show yes. and things like that. Yeah. So I think for what the for the vibe that they were trying to give, I think Roger Moore is actually underrated. Okay. Um Pierce Brosnan. I think those are Easily some of the worst, I would worst movies ever. Although, if Golden Eyes on, sometimes I watch it. That one's not horrible, but those are bad movies, so overrated. I would agree. Or, um, Timothy Hutton? Oh. Anyone? No. Anyone? No. <laughs> no. That, see, to me, that's a bigger mistake than Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan, at least could look the part yes he could oh my goodness you know you put that man in a tux i uh, that's just like you know okay here's your male model and there you go i enjoy some james bond let me ask you this on behalf of the intern and myself who's the next bond oh 
Who do you put in there that's going to do, that's going to carry it for the next three or four movies? Who's the next? You'll, You'll punch me in the eye when I tell you who I think, but he's young enough. He'll age well, and I think he does have the acting chops once he's done with his current project. Go ahead. Tom Holland. Not familiar. Spider-Man. Oh, I think he'd be a good physical, I think he's a a really decent actor, and he'll be right in that age range where he could crank out three or four of those and be really good. I give you Tom Holland. All right. It's a possibility. He's also on my wall downstairs. I've met him, so I'll be able to go. I met James Bond once. There, there you, so that you're, you're basically rooting for him. I have an agenda, Chuck. Yes. What about the Bond franchise as a whole? Overrated or underrated? Oh, boy. Down the middle. Down the middle. Not overrated at all. No, I, th- I think it's fun. I think it's, uh, personally, I think it's appointment movie watching. Like when a new Bond movie comes out. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go see it. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows when this next one's going to come out because they keep pushing it back. And I really think the powers that be want you to see that in the theater. Uh, so I, th- I thought I heard November of this year, Could maybe. Be. But uh, yeah, I think down the middle. Favorite Bond movie overall? Goldfinger. Why? I Well, wasn't that the one that brought in Odd Job as kind of the villain's mm-hmm. accessory, uh, the Shirley Bassey song. <laughs> you know, how can you not sing along with that? Mm-hmm. You've got Connery. Um, I, I just think that was that was a great movie. I love Casino Royale. Love Casino Royale. I, I think uh, that was what TJ saw the other day was Casino Royale. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he didn't call. No, oh, good. Oh, he can call you if you want. Let's cut his pay. The intern. (laughs) Cut his pay. Yeah. I feel good about this episode. Do you? Uh, I feel we've done what we can with what we have. (laughs) You say that every time we're done. (laughs) And then you look right at me with your dagger eyes. I'm not daggering anybody. Oh, they're daggers. And they're eyes. You'll know when you get dagger eyes. Like, slide your legal pad (laughs) down into my coffee cup. That that's so last year. That was dagger eyes. Oh, that was my friend. I thought that's you were gonna, when you probably wished you had COVID. I thought you were going to Duke's a hazard me over that table that day. <laughs> it was tempting. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Whether you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, we're everywhere. We would hope you would be when it comes to podcasts. You're on Twitter, right? Yeah, forty six sports. Nice. We're still holding out for that blue check mark someday. I don't know why it hasn't happened. Someday. You know, here's one more thing, kids. By listening to this episode, the Mets will send you a check for 12 cents. (laughs) For the next 35 (laughs) years. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Bobby Bonilla.